ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald. Good afternoon. This is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Game Changer Network, and we have an amazing Game Changer with us today. And I have just been so blessed uh, over the last few weeks to get to know him a little bit. And then this week, I've gotten to know him actually quite deeply, and it, it, it's really been an amazing experience. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, the book that he wrote is actually something that he wrote some time ago, back when live events were the thing, right? That was the norm. And the book was called How to Network Anytime, Anywhere with Anyone. And we were just talking about the fact that it was intended to be a series of books. So uh, if you look at the book on Amazon, it says book one, uh, which was focused on live events. But uh, I asked uh, our guest today to help us uh, use this same framework to look at where we are today and how networking is really changing. So our guest today is Bobby Umer. And Bobby, why don't you tell us a little bit about your backstory? We can look at your LinkedIn profile and, and see you know, what the bio says, but who is Bobby? Yeah, so uh, you know, I'm one of those people that had multiple careers. So I had a career in engineering, I had a career in brand marketing, I had a career in teaching, and I also dabbled in the performing arts. And it took a while before I really figured out what is it that I really want to do, what I was made for, what I was, what I was designed to do. And, and so when I finally built my personal brand, I found out a few things uh, that came out. And I decided to launch a career as a professional speaker. And so that was something I started 50 years ago. Uh, it's been an amazing adventure. I've traveled around the world. I've delivered over a thousand keynotes on across four continents, and uh, I've done five TEDx talks. I was in Inc. Magazine Top 100 Leadership Speaker alongside people like Brandon Brown, Brandon Brown, Richard Branson, and John Maxwell. And uh, so I love speaking. And then COVID hit, uh, and, and oh, sorry, I used to talk about uh, leadership, soft skill development, and then I became an expert in uh, authentic networking. Uh, ergo, the book. Then I became known for personal branding. And I started doing stuff around there. And then I, I started getting a social media following of over half a million followers. And I started talking about social media, digital influence, and things like that. But ultimately, it's all about connecting and speaking and, you know, and, and, and you know, leveraging leadership skills to connect with your people, your teams, as well as the world. And that's really what I mostly talk about. Then COVID hit, and I had to kind of pivot in terms of what I was going to do. I still do virtual keynotes, but, you know, it's not the same as being on stage in front of a thousand people. <laughs> right. uh, so, you know, I've now dabbled into doing more. I've developed a couple of coaching programs, one on storytelling, one on thought leadership branding. And I also have a personal branding um, online course that I've, I've been uh, pitching. And so all those things from the coaching piece to the work to online workshops is kind of what I've been doing now. And we met because, you know, I'm doing uh, several um uh, thought leadership challenges and business challenges to help uh, businesses and entrepreneurs and business leaders, you know, get to that next level. So I found that, you know, the virtual world particularly has opened up an opportunity because a lot of people are struggling to build even more trust and to break through even more noise and yes. to build even more authentic, meaningful conversations, which is what I was teaching people anyways, with all the networking stuff that I was doing back in the day. So that's kind of where I am now. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the day when I can meet people in a larger sense in person. But for now, you know, doing what we can to make the virtual world work for myself and for others. 
Right. Well, I love the approach that you've taken, Bobby. And again, uh, I met you because of Chris Colt, who he and I have worked very closely together over the last year. Uh, you know, he has the the great thoughts and I make his thoughts beautiful. And, you know, I he although he's a great tech guy, uh, I run a community. And so I run the community so he doesn't have to. And so it's been really, really synergistic, but it's been incredible to watch you guys because you actually were the one who had the presence on Clubhouse. And he started talking to his mastermind, which I'm in, oh gosh, two months ago about Clubhouse. And I was, I was, uh, you know, kind of hanging back. I, I wasn't really interested. I, I have really grown to like the face-to-face -face that Zoom and other tools like that have brought. And so I thought, well, so what's it like when you take that away? I mean, that just felt like I was, you know, moving backwards instead of forwards. But you had this amazing uh, following and, and you were able to get in early and, and without going into all the details about Clubhouse, there's kind of a, a hierarchy that has to happen where you've got to prove yourself and then you, know, you get your club and you can form rooms within that. And you were so gracious to bring not only Chris, but, but Larry Call uh, into that group. And, and so that's how I ended up uh, there and, you know, again, very graciously, you guys invited me up on stage and, you know, it, it just snowballed from there. And, and the, another word for that snowball is momentum, right? And so I think, you know, you're a real momentum master and that may not be something that you have uh, used in your own branding, but that's what's happening. And, and so, you know, uh, the rest of the story goes that you guys decided to do this amazing challenge this week, which, uh, you know, you, you are taking in this whole movement making uh, right. uh, thing that, that Chris has gotten involved uh, with, with Challenge Sherpa. And so I want to focus back again on, on, there are five stages that you talked about of different tactics and while they were written to apply to live event networking, I was looking at this the other day and I thought, man, I wonder if Bobby would be willing to take us from where it was, right, to where we are now, right? So preparing for networking, take us through what that looked like when you were, you know, packing your bags and getting ready to go to, you know, talk in front of a thousand people. What's different now? Well, I mean, the things that, the things that are the same are in terms of knowing what your brand is, knowing what your objectives are, knowing who your target audience is, knowing what your goals are. So that's one thing. But in terms of, you know, what's different is really the, the prep. I mean, you know, you, for a lot of people, you prep to, you know, be on, be on your game for what you're going to do when you enter the event and you're there and you have, you may have your 10 questions ready that you've memorized or you've practiced, or you may have a list of people that you know you want to go after. The only difference is now, in the virtual sense, uh, you're going to be, you can actually, you can actually prepare more because you can have a lot of written documentation that's at your ready. You can have text copies and copy paste stuff as you share links, you share invitations, you share like, so for example, when I grow, when I grow the clubhouse stuff and I go into a room, I automatically have like copy paste text that I can use to message people in DMs on Instagram to get their attention to maybe join my club. So I have a lot of those things that I normally would be. Whereas when I do a live event, I have my basic spiel that I've been doing over and over again. Instead, right. the spiels are written down and they're even more um, uh, concise and strategically to the point. Whereas when I'm you know, live, sometimes I ramble, you know, or I go off on a tangent. 
But, you know, it actually has helped me be more focused in terms of what I want to do. Uh-huh. And I think the other thing that's really interesting is that from a virtual networking standpoint, my prep as well as, you know, getting ready for an event, uh, I'm actually able to have more impact and more focus than I normally would with the live events. Because typically with live events, you don't know how the dance is going to be. You don't know if someone's going to be free. So, for example, let's say you go to an event, there's a person surrounded by 10 people and you can't, get, can't talk to them. But if they show up on, uh, let's say, a Zoom call or a webinar, it's very easy for me to send them a quick message. Hey, I love your stuff. This is really great. What do you think? And next thing you know, they're responding to you. So uh, there's also some efficiencies with the virtual platform in terms of uh, targeting. Right. Well, I have to tell you that you were the one, and I had never, ever thought about using Instagram the way that you do. Uh, I have an Instagram account, but I haven't invested any time and energy on it. I have been much more focused on LinkedIn. Uh, I've been, you know, kind of tailing back my involvement on Facebook uh, since they started doing so much censorship. So many of the people that I want to communicate with are no longer there. So, Uh, From a business perspective, it just didn't make sense. Um, But you gave me a new way of looking at Instagram at a less crowded, less noisy place to reach out and instant message people because they're not inundated. Even on LinkedIn now, I mean, my instant messages, you know, when you I'm even afraid to accept when somebody wants to connect with me now, because it's like, okay, they're going to immediately pitch me. So I've actually got copy and paste text that sells them on Chris's course on LinkedIn. (laughs) So uh, anyway, I I love that you, that you've opened up that to me as another way, because I need to know the steps to take to really make uh, clubhouse work for me. Uh, Because I'm used to in a, like if I get on a call that has, you know, 20 or 30 people on Zoom, I take a screenshot of that and I, I put it over on the side so that I can one by one go in and connect to them on LinkedIn, which is not very efficient, by the way, right? But, right. you know, uh, I also don't like it when people are putting their information in the chat because I want to listen to what's going on, right? I don't want to have to be looking at the chat. Uh, and I hadn't quite figured that out on, on uh, Clubhouse yet. Well, you know what I do with Clubhouse is uh, I, while I'm listening to the chat, I send the DM on Instagram. And then if the conversation goes really well, I ask them to send me a link to LinkedIn because I don't want to look them up. So they send me a link and then I click on it and then I, I check them out. So uh, I find the DMs a great way to get links from people uh, if the conversation is going well and you think there's a strategic opportunity. Right, right. No, yeah. I love that. So the, the second stage of what you talk about in the book is actually starting a conversation. And I love that you talk about when, when the person you want to talk to is surrounded by 10 people, right? Yeah. And that is, is totally, uh, you know, it can be demoralizing because if that's the one person you wanted to You have to wait. See, yeah, or hope that they'll show up at the cocktail party and that you'll be able to find them, right? right. So uh, obviously it's an improvement now that we've got so many different ways that we can reach people. So- you know, is there is there one way of starting that conversation, uh, again, whether you're using Instagram or going directly to LinkedIn for them, that you find to be the thing that they respond the best to? Well, the best way to respond to someone is with gratitude, right? So I often say gratitude is the best follow-up because it gets their attention. So typically what I would do is um, comment, commenting, commenting on someone's LinkedIn post or Instagram post 
and say, great stuff, love what this is, here's why I love this. And you do that a couple of times, trust me, people notice. Like they'll notice if you do it over and over again. Mm-hmm. By the fifth time, they're gonna, start, they're gonna start to remember you. So that when you reach out with that DM, oh yeah, yeah, thank you, Bob, thank you, Bobby, for all your great comments. Um, how can I help you? Or you know, what's going on? Right. So they're more they're more responsive. Now I typically will often respond, uh, especially in Instagram, I'll I'll DM them right away. But if I don't get any attention from them and I really want to, I'll start commenting on their posts and liking their posts and getting their attention. That's how people get my attention on LinkedIn. Uh, the people who show up to all my live streams on a consistent basis, now when they, he met, I, there's one guy I'm thinking of, Sajid Kumar, whenever he messages me on, on LinkedIn or tweets me, I respond because I know him pretty well and he's been very, very loyal about supporting my stuff. And all of us, you know, want, we love being, you know, we love being supported. We love when people call us out in a, in a very positive way and give a shout out. It's like, that's a great thing. So that to me is the best way to get people's attention uh, virtually. Right. Well, I know you know how inefficient though, and, and it amazes me that with as much money as Microsoft has, they have not improved the conversation part of LinkedIn, right? The messaging uh, has very, very poor filtering and tagging and, and you know, you really can't do a lot there. So I know for myself, when I connect to somebody who I really do want to talk to, the very first thing I do is I ask them to, to join me on my uh, community, right? I run my community on Mighty Networks. It's called the Game Changer Network. And if they aren't willing to make that jump, uh, and, and again, I don't invite them I just say, you know, would you like to join mm-hmm. me? Because that's where I do my collaboration. Right. Uh, I get amazing response. So then I carry on the conversation kind of in the quiet room. Like if we were back at a big conference, it's like, how, do you want to go over and sit in the lobby of the hotel where we yeah, can exactly. talk quietly? Yeah. Right. It's like going to the bar. Right. And so I'm inviting them to a place that not only is quieter, but it has like-minded people to them, right? Because I only am attracted to people who are bridge builders or game changers, uh, people who are igniters, right? That's right. the kind of people that I love to surround myself with. And, and so I find that they respond well to that. Where do you carry your actual conversations uh, out? Do you continue on the platform where you started? That's a good question. Uh, for me, you know, I'm, I've been, I'm known for being very responsive to uh, my conversation. So when they email me or they Instagram direct me or they LinkedIn direct message me, uh, I'm very good at responding. And so uh, what I'll do is I'll always make sure that every message I respond to and, uh, and I leave the ball and I create a situation where I leave the ball in their court. If they want, if it gets to a point where, you know, they want to message, reach out to me and and uh, have uh, have a Zoom call or whatever, then uh, I'll make sure that we set that up. And so I'm really, I'm very proactive about that. I don't actually have a community space. I mean, I certainly invite them to check out my content on my LinkedIn page, uh, or, I, or typically I'll invite them to my to follow my company page on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And then I'll also say, and I'll also say, you know, you can also just message me and I give them all my information. I tell them about Clubhouse and about my club and what I'm doing so they know about this stuff. But really the best way to get my attention is by email. I say, look, if you, I just say, email me anytime and uh, I'll, I'll look into next steps. And the so ones that do. do you manage, how do you manage your email, Bobby? Uh, my email is a black hole. I get 400 a day and wow. I try to stay on top of it. And I've been trying to find a smarter email program that will 
you know, color code the people who are actually in my address book because I'm always going to give them preference, right? Yeah, you, you know, it's funny, like uh, you would think that someone with half a million Twitter followers and 62,000 LinkedIn followers that I would get a lot of, e- a lot of emails. I don't. Part of it's because I've set up systems where, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to very many things. And, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, I've created, I've turned off all the notifications on the different platforms that I have. So I don't get emails for all those different things. And I, I don't get very many emails per day, you know, and it's great because I probably, I'm not sure how many I, I would get per day, but I would say on, on average, like on a weekday, I probably get anywhere between 20 to 30 emails per day. Oh, you know, that would nothing, be heaven. Nothing. That would nothing. be heaven. That's manageable. I've got to yeah. figure that out. On so, a bad uh, day, it's 50 because, well, because, and, and, but you know, the, because I set it up so that when people, if people really want to email me, they have to have a purpose, right? So, the, you know, obviously this, this uh, doesn't include all the spam that I get, but I've created systems where, you know, unroll.me was a great way to log into uh, where you, what I found it unroll.me is a great way to look at all the things you subscribe to. And then eventually you never see those things. And it comes in a digest once mm-hmm. a week, which I never look at. And the truth is that people really, really want to reach out to me. They can send an email once, twice, three times. And it'll get my attention. I respond to everything. So, I've been pretty good at creating systems where I don't get that many, much email, which is awesome. So let's talk about uh, kind of a, a touchy topic. Uh, and this is even harder touchy. when you're face. Okay. Yeah, when you're face to face, this one is hard. How do you end a conversation that you don't want to stay in? Well, the general thing, it's easier on virtual. <laughs> and virtually you say, <laughs> sorry, I have a call in two minutes. I got to go. Like, that's really easy. Thanks so much for the, you know, that, that's my, whereas when you're live in person, or let's say it's a Zoom call, because I, you know, like, I remember the other day, my, my wife was on a call and it was with somebody who clearly was that was, you know, was going on forever. And I was like, honey, you, you, and I, and I told her, and I said, you need to make sure, first off, make sure the call is only for a certain amount of time. So you, they know you have another meeting coming up. Uh, but she was talking to me for like a, an hour and I was like, man, like, did it lead any business? No. I was like, oh my God, an hour. I can't even imagine that. Right. But, uh, you know, for me, uh, being gra- grateful, gracious, polite, professional, that like, oh, and, and being firm, you know, but say, hey, sorry to interrupt. Listen, really appreciate what we're talking about and I really appreciate what you're saying. Number one, I got to be honest, I'm not interested. So I think it's probably, it's probably fine we end this call. Or number two, you know, I think there's some possibility here. Why don't you email me uh, and let me know uh, if you have any other, other thoughts about what, what we talked about today, but I have to get to another call and I have to get to, I have to get to something, whatever it is, I have to get to something else. Right, right. But I, but I you know, I interrupt, you know, proactively and, uh, you know, I'm always polite and grateful. And, you know, when, as long as you're charming that way, then they won't, they won't take offense whether it's a 10 minute or 20. I mean, that's why most of my, my college book online are, are short. Uh, they're either nine minutes or 15 minutes. Often they right. go longer, but that's fine. That, that's up to me. That's my, that's my prerogative. Yeah. Uh, but, and I've just started uh, doing that with my, I use Vite, V-Y-T-E, yeah. because, you know, when you use Calendly or any of the other links, the very first thing people always do is pull up their own calendar. And I picked Vite because you can look at both your calendar and their calendar in the same frame, which saves a lot yeah, of time. Um, but they do have the ability to create a nine minute Vite, right? Yeah. So uh, I I had shortened them to 20 minutes. Uh, I haven't gone quite uh, quite all the way down to nine. 
but sending people a link of only the amount of time that you want is, is I think a really yeah. good practice because you can always schedule another call, right? Exactly. Like, you know, like with it, you should know within a certain time period, whether this is going to go forward or not. Um, and so, you know, that's I, how I, I used to do dating I wanna, when I, I was single. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same thing. Like I, I call it the four minute factor within whether well, I call it the four factor, four seconds, four minutes. And if that goes well, we may go four hours and four dates, but you have to get my attention <laughs> in the first four seconds and then eventually that first four minutes. Otherwise I'm going to end it. Exactly. Well, let's, let's talk about the Holy grail, right? Which is you have had a conversation, you know, you're, you're leaning in or they're leaning in and right. saying, tell me more. Right. So follow up when you're at a conference and I used to hate that you'd come home with a stack of cards. I probably still have a stack of cards. Yeah, in my desk yeah, I have lots of stacks everywhere. Yeah. And you know, that was always just so hard to remember who was important enough. Right. And then you finally get to where you start writing on the cards and you know, it's easier to remember. What about follow-up for you for all of the different relationships and potential partnerships and opportunities and, and, uh, and, and just prospective clients, right? You must meet a ton of people on a regular basis who really are ideal for your programs. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, obviously I don't have time to follow every single person in the best way possible, which is typically why I tell people, look, you know, if you like my stuff, follow my company page. It's where I make all my announcements of what I'm doing and all my opportunities. And you'll get a sense of what those are. Cause you know, now like, you know, I have 40,000 followers on LinkedIn. It's very, it's very difficult to maintain relationships. So I, I, you know, I say, look, I, I create content all the time. I'm always talking to my audience. So you're always welcome to engage. And then there's the people that I, I definitely want to follow up because I think there's a good business opportunity. I keep those cards, particularly high level people, you know, people, particularly people in corporate. I always make sure I keep corporate people's cards because if, I, if, I'm, if I'm calling the vice president of, you know, some big corporation, so, well, you gave me your card at this event. I, you know, I know it was six years ago, but I have your card, which gives me permission to contact you. And so that's why I do it. Uh, whereas, you know, the other dozens of cards that I have, most of them are people who gave me their card. Most, see, the problem with card giving or even just connecting on LinkedIn, whatever, is because they, they do it because they want to talk to you, right? So someone gives me a card because they want to talk to me, but that's not how it works. If I want to talk to you, I'll give you my card, right? So you know how to contact. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I read this thing, you know, when I first started my business, I gave my card left, right, and center because I wanted to start a conversation with, with hundreds and hundreds of people. But, but the trick was I wanted to get their card because their card gave me permission to reach out to them, right? That's what I wanted. And sometimes people didn't give cards. And I read an article one time that talked about treat your, uh, your business cards like $100 bills. Who would you give a $100 bill to that, that you want to invest in that relationship and build that business? Now, in the beginning, when you're starting out, you know, talk to as many people as you can, throw those cards up big time. But now I'm at that point where, you know, I'm getting hundreds of requests for this. Same with my requests on LinkedIn. You know, I have a thousand requests in my LinkedIn. Who do I really want to connect with? Right. Which one's, which one's $100 bill that are worth my time and energy to, to do that? So I'm very, now I, I, I'm, you know, I used to do coffees with everybody years ago. Now I don't. In fact, now, you know, people offer, you know, opportunities where just even simply, how about we get on a quick hop on call to just chat? I'm like, no, I don't have time for that. Like, <laughs> I know. I, I, that's, there's so much going on. Tell me why. Tell me why. Like, why. If you can explain to me why in the email, then maybe I'll say yes. But if you can't, because you have something to discuss, uh, that's not happening. Right, right. 
Well, Bobby, we have been talking about your the book that you wrote some time ago, How to Network Anytime, Anywhere with Anyone. But I think it's really, really interesting how, while it was written for live events and face-to-face, so much of what you learned in preparing for that book and writing that with Ryan, uh, you know, it really is transferable. And I think it's so important for people to realize that this, the same kind of spammy behavior that used to happen at those conferences with, you know, somebody just giving out their yeah, cards yeah. like it's water, right? That doesn't work. And it, it doesn't work in any environment. And I tell people, even when they come on in my community and they all of a sudden tell everybody what they do, I, you know, I say, treat this like you would a really nice dinner party right? Come with your bottle of wine or your side dish, right? And, and don't, don't start going up to groups of people and telling them what you do until you learn a little bit about them, right? And so that whole thing about engagement, I think is, is really the key. And I'm so excited uh, to be just a part of your, your sphere, right? And, and that's the beauty of this whole online thing is that you can, you can ride in the same orbit with others. And, and you know, there's brilliance that comes out here and there's uh, heart and challenges. And you taught us this week about being transparent. And I love it that you actually live what you say, Bobby. And, uh, you know, I know we've told you that several times during the week uh, in this challenge, but uh, I, I just love your authenticity. You know, your personal brand really is the authentic you. And I just want to thank you for that this week because you have just been uh, so giving of, of every every part of you. So uh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for responding, you know, especially knowing how busy you are, uh, that you were willing to come on and talk about this. So maybe there will be a book two and book three someday. Uh, yeah, I would love no, to no, read no, them. I appreciate that. And, and actually, to be honest, one of the reasons why we didn't write the second book was because we realized it would be quite repetitive. A lot of the stuff from the book one, book one was going to be about live networking. Second one was going to be about online networking. And the third one's going to be about one-on-one or random, random encounters with people. Uh, and we realized the second book would be very, very repetitive because you're right. A lot of the stuff we talk about in terms of prep, conversations and close and follow-up is very similar online versus uh, versus live. And so that's, that's the only reason why we didn't actually do it. But, uh, you know, but we'll see. I mean, you know, like uh, I'm always creating content. I'm always, I, I think I have enough content now for the last 15 years to have like 10 books. I just haven't actually, you know, coordinated to, to create those books because my stuff's out there. People can see all my stuff on my videos, on my YouTube channels and all my posts. Right, right. Well, it would be interesting to get Ryan's perspective, you know, since his business relies on, on a healthy events business. And I'm sure he's had to really do a lot of pivoting uh, over the last couple of years. So anyway, Bobby, thank you so, so much. Bobby, how can people best reach you? I mean, you've talked about it, but can you point them to the one place where they can find out about you? Well, I think the best place to uh, reach out to me is, uh, is my two websites, uh, dypb.ca, which is Discovery Personal Brand, and the other one is rayallen.com, which is my uh, speaking and training site. So those are the websites. And of course, across social media, it's Rayhan Bobby, which is my main handle across all the platforms you can think of. 
Perfect. Perfect. Well, Bobby, again, thank you so much uh, just for your giving heart. And I, I just so appreciate everything I've learned in the very short period that we've known each other. It feels like it, it should have been longer because I've already been taking what you have shared and, and putting it into practice. So uh, thank keep you, going and uh, looking forward to the final day of our challenge tomorrow. So thank you so much, Bobby. My pleasure. Thanks. Take care. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas, inspiration, innovation with Chickie Fitzgerald. Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business.